Yeah, 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 yeah. Run it back, nation. What is good? It is I, DJ Eastwood. This is Sixers Post Game Live, presented by HelloFresh. Thank you for being here, everybody. Shout out to everybody in the chat already. Shout out to the members. Shout out to shout out to the Sixers sickos, man, that watched a Sixers Atlanta Hawks game on a Friday night. No Trey Young in this one, uh, but there are some things to talk about. Uh, gosh, some things happened, some things that we liked, some things that we didn't like. Uh, it was a, a little bit of a back and forth in certain moments. The second quarter was maybe the worst quarter we've played this season. Um, but kind of just like the Wizards game, and the Wizards are much worse than the Atlanta Hawks, by the way, but kind of just like the Wizards game, you didn't really have a feeling that the Sixers were going to lose the game. You just didn't have that feeling. Uh, maybe, maybe slightly, maybe I, I might've slightly had that feeling at a certain point in the fourth quarter, but you, you knew that they shouldn't lose it, right? You knew that they shouldn't lose it. Uh, thank you for being in here. Thanks for joining the YouTube stream. Please hit the like button. If you are in here, if you're watching it on replay, uh, hit the like button. Also subscribe to the channel. If you're brand new, turn your notification bell on. So you don't miss any of these streams. If you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify, Give us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Let's get into it, man. Sixers win 125-114. to 114, And a lot of the game was not pretty. A lot of the game was not pretty from a lot of the roster, uh, mainly defensively in the first half slash first three quarters, perimeter defense. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things were ugly. Um, first, the first thought that I have, the first kind of thing that just kind of comes to mind after after watching that game is, are the Atlanta Hawks better without Trey Young? Are the Atlanta Hawks better without Trey Young? You see, Trey Young's not on the floor. And you start to see a lot of you start to see a lot of players with talent on that roster. You start to see a lot of guys that can a lot of guys that can make something happen. Um DeAndre Hunter was nice in this game. Uh Bagdanovich. You know Bagdanovich plays like a superstar against the Sixers. Bagdanovich uh was cooking us in large parts of this game, especially that second quarter. DeJounte Murray, I don't know how I feel about DeJounte Murray, man. Was he overrated out of San Antonio? I don't know how I feel about DeJounte Murray. Um, yeah, you know, the 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 Hawks shared the ball. They moved the ball around, and they got contributions from a lot of different guys, and we gave a lot of uh, wide-open looks to a lot of guys. That's definitely one thing that happened. Uh, I'm looking at their bench scoring Okongwu, Patty Mills. Patty Mills had a run in like the end of the second quarter. That second quarter was so bad. 
Patty Mills was cooking us. Pat, I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was still in the NBA. Thought he went back to Australia. No, Patty Mills still in the NBA. And Patty Mills was doing some things to us there late in the second quarter. Uh, but the Sixers pull out the win. Wasn't pretty. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give the excuse of rust on this one. You know, I didn't care about the Wizards game. I didn't care about the Wizards game at all. I said they hadn't played for five days. They had got some players back that hadn't played for seven or eight days. I didn't care about the Wizards game because I said they were rusty. It was a scrimmage to get their legs back under them and get their their their, their chemistry back up. Uh, I'm starting to care a little bit more now. I said if they struggle against the Atlanta Hawks, I'm going to start to care a little bit more. And they struggled against the Atlanta Hawks. They struggled. Now, the Atlanta Hawks are not the Washington Wizards. But the Atlanta Hawks are not good. They're 9-12. and 12. They were 9-11. and 11. They're just kind of an eh team. They're a meh team. M-E-H. Meh. You know what I mean? They can, they can beat you if you sleep. They can beat you if you have one of those games where, where you're asleep. They can beat you. So it's nice that the Sixers pulled it out, but I didn't like a lot of the game. But um, Joel Embiid. Like I said, guys, you know, the beginning of the season, and I said, just wait till the end of November, midway through December, Joel Embiid will be back to MVP form, and he'll be back to dominating the NBA, and he's doing that right now. The Wizards, it was like, yeah, it's the Washington Wizards. Of course he's going to drop 50, and it's still funny that we say things like, of course he's going to drop 50. You know what I mean? Do you know how good you have to be for somebody to say, of course you're going to drop 50 in an NBA game. Somebody replied on Twitter. Shout out to you. I didn't, I, I should have got your name, but somebody replied on the Twitter and said, good. Then I expect everybody to score 50 against the wizards, right? If it's that easy. No, it's just that easy for Joel and B tonight against the Hawks. A little bit more of, of, of a, a defensive presence in the paint. Clint Capella, not, much of a presence against Joel, but more than, you know, uh, Daniel Gafford and Mike Muscala, whoever the hell else was in there for the Wizards. So he has a little bit more of a challenge with Capella. And he does the same thing he did against the Wizards right when the game started. He said, I'm asserting myself right away. Down low, puts Capella under the basket, first five seconds of the game and scores. Scores in the first five seconds again. Scores nine points in the first five minutes of the game. So I love the the getting out to a hot start for Joel and beating asserting himself early, uh, crashing the glass, offensive boards, putbacks, all that. Seventeen points in the first quarter for Joel and beating. We're like, man, he's gonna go off for a he's gonna go off for a fifty piece. He's gonna have a back to back fifty point games. That would maybe the first center in NBA history to do that. Well, besides. You know, Wilt the Stilt. Joel Embiid's uh, 50-point games, by the way, are number six. Uh, Abdul-Jabbar has 10, and Wilt Chamberlain has like 160 or something, (laughs) or 68 of them, whatever. But the second quarter comes around, and all the bad things happened. Everything bad that you could imagine happened in the second quarter. The Sixers were outscored. 45 to 27 in the second quarter. And it felt like, you know what it felt like? It felt like all of those years in Joel's career, every time he goes to the bench, the Sixers get killed. 
We haven't felt like that. I don't think a lot this season. We feel like we feel like the maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe, maybe it's not as good as it was when we had Andre Drummond and some other backup centers. But uh, Paul Reed was had a very bad game. I didn't look at his stats or anything like that, plus minus. But just off of watching it, I just Paul Reed was not effective. Uh, Paul Reed comes in in the second quarter when Embiid sits, and bad things happen. We couldn't defend the paint. We couldn't get a rebound. That's usually that's usually Paul Reed's strong suit, you know, giving up offensive rebounds in the second quarter. Uh, three three-pointers in a row from Bagdanovich in the third quarter. Uh, Patty Mills was cooking us at the second quarter I'm talking about. Patty Mills was making a little run in the second quarter. There was a play where Patty Mills scored and then stole an inbound pass from from somebody and ran out to the three-point line and hit another one. Uh, Paul Reed was fouling and turning the ball over and the Hawks went on a 12 to two run to end the second quarter. The second quarter was, I would say the Sixers worst quarter of the season outscored 45 to 27 in the second quarter and go, go into halftime. I think what down, down eight and they were up, they were up 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 in the first quarter. We really thought it was going to be, Hey, we're finally going to, you know, get back to these like kind of blowout games where we take care of a lesser opponent and Joel can sit in the fourth quarter and we don't, you know, it's a, it's a nice, easy victory. Uh, like we were doing in the first nine, 10 so games in the, in the beginning of the season that didn't happen because as soon as Joel sat down, uh, the Hawks made a run and a lot of it was, you know, Paul Reed didn't have a good game. Paul Reed didn't come back in the game, by the way. Nick Nurse then went with Mo Bamba the entire second half. I'm pretty sure Paul Reed didn't come back in the game. If I'm wrong, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I'm pretty sure uh, Paul Reed didn't come back in the game in the second half after he struggled in the first half. Just turnovers, fouling, uh, missing assignments in the paint, you know, things like that. So the second quarter was atrocious. Maxi saved us a little bit in the second. I didn't. I don't think Maxi scored in the first quarter at all. Uh, it was really all Joel and beat in the first quarter. And then when Joel went to the bench and we started getting run on, Maxi was doing his best to try to keep us afloat there in the second quarter. You know what I mean? Uh, attacking the rim when he could, getting some foul calls. Uh, shot wasn't really falling in the first in the first half for Maxi, but he was our only hope in that second quarter. Um, it just didn't happen. Third quarter, we started to make a run. Kelly Oubre does some things in the third quarter. And even really in the in the second quarter, Kelly Oubre was part of our energy that kind of kept us alive. Uh, Kelly Oubre in the third quarter, two times in this game, I saw Kelly Oubre inject energy into the Sixers uh, when they lacked, when they just looked flat, when they just looked like they were getting beat. They were getting beat, 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 back door in the paint, giving up wide open threes, et cetera. They just looked flat energy wise Kelly Oubre twice end of the third quarter. And when he came back in, in the fourth quarter, just injects energy into this team, man, Kelly Oubre just injects energy into the team. Uh, you know, M M three CC distracted me in the chat again, man. Every single time this dude comes in here, he gets put in timeout. <laughs> Let me close the chat for a second. Kelly Oubre just injects energy into this team. 
defensively, offensively, everything. He's 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 just the wing that you need. He's the wing that you need. He's the athletic guy that just does things. He just does things. He just makes things happen. Good things happen when Kelly Oubre's in the game. Just good things happen. It doesn't even have to be Kelly Oubre doing it. In the fourth quarter, Kelly Oubre comes back in the game for Tobias when Tobias was struggling. Tobias had like two turnovers in a row or something, and and Nurse pulled him out and put Oubre back in. And as soon as Oubre came in, the Anthony Melton got a steal from behind and a, and a fast break dunk. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like that's just Kelly Oubre energy. He comes in the game and good things happen. Twice he came in the game, injected energy into this team. I just love Kelly Oubre. I love Kelly Oubre. I don't know what to say. He fractures a rib in a in an alleged car accident. Comes back three weeks later, and he's still like the third best player on the team. Shout out to Tobias Harris. That's a stray. That is what they call a stray. Tobias, you just got hit with one. Kelly Oubre fractured a rib, came back three weeks later, and is better than you right away. He's just a perfect fit. He's what he's what you would want a player like Tobias Harris to be. Which is kind of why it's so frustrating that you've had him on this team for so long because he's just not the style of player that you really want to put next to him. We've been saying that for a couple of years. You don't really want that guy that's just going to ISO and back a player down and run 20 seconds off the shot clock and isn't known as a as a high-energy athletic guy or defender or or fast break guy or whatever. But you sign him to a five-year contract that you can't trade. So then you get Kelly Oubre and you're like, that's what, this is the guy, this is what we've been saying. This is the kind of guy that you should have been putting around Joel Embiid for years and years and years and years and years. Guys like Kelly Oubre and Nicholas Batum. You know what I mean? Uh... Then the fourth quarter starts, and we go back and forth in the third quarter. We made a 12. We made a we, we made a run at the end of the third. 12 12-0 run. End of the third. 12 to 2 run. 12. No, that was the Hawks in the second. We made a run in the third. Uh cut it to cut it closer after we were started the half, what, down by eight or something. Uh, and the fourth quarter comes around and Joel starts on the bench. And now it's Maxi time. And Maxi, quiet, quiet in the first half. Quiet. I think he had. I think he had 17, 16 in the first half. He was quiet. The playback chat, there was some there was some grumbles. There were some rumbles and grumbles in the playback chat. You know, anytime Tobias, anytime Tyrese Maxey, I want to slander Tobias the whole episode again. That's why I just I keep saying Tobias. There were some rumbles in the playback chat about Tyrese Maxey in the first half. Anytime he doesn't drop 45 points, you know, there's some rumbling in there. There's some groans and, and some complaining. And I said, just give the kid the second. The first half was all Joel. Just like last game, Joel dropped 50. Maxi, he still has to get, you know, he still has to play second fiddle to Joel when Joel's got it cooking like that. Let him rock. See what he does in the second half. Let him rock. Fourth quarter, start the fourth quarter. Joel's on the bench. It's Maxi time. And Maxi starts attacking. Attacking the basket, getting foul calls, getting to the free throw line. I think he got two foul calls in a row. Got to the free throw line. Uh, one of them was called a charge where Patty Mills slid under his legs while he was in the air. They oh, they reviewed it. They actually overturned it because it was a terrible call. Uh, 
which by the way, the NBA, if they cared about player safety, that, that, that the sliding under players while they're airborne, they have to get, get that out of the game. They have to, you should not be sliding up under a player's legs while they're in the air to try to draw a charge. That's how players get hurt, especially star players. I saw it happen a couple of weeks ago to Anthony Edwards and he landed hard on his shoulder or whatever, like, a high flyer like that, and someone's sliding under his legs to try to take a charge. It's the worst. It's the worst part of the game. It really is. Play defense. Stop trying to be a little sellout and take a charge while a guy's airborne. I hate it. Anyway, I don't want to rant about that all night. Tyrese Maxey uh, gets that call overturned in the fourth, and he starts to get to his mid range a little bit. Hits a couple mid range jumpers. Um, a little in and out dribble hesitation. I actually saw a little bit more dribble creation from Tyrese Maxey in this game. And I was just saying, I was just saying a couple games ago that I feel like Tyrese Maxey doesn't have any dribble creation. You know, he doesn't have like a face-up crossover. He doesn't have like a break-you-down-off-the-dribble type of move uh, when he gets in like an ISO one-on-one situation. And I'm like, why doesn't this dude just have like a simple, wide crossover Allen Iverson style crossover uh that was a couple of games ago I was saying that this game I saw some dribble creation from Tyrese Maxey he kept doing this step back and I think I said this last year I was like you know he he perfected the step back right and I was like now if he can get the if he can step back and keep his dribble alive and get people on like the fake hesitation step back that's another lethal move that he adds to his bag tonight I saw him step back and do an in and out dribble a couple of times they caught the defender off guard. So I think you're starting to see a little bit of Maxi dribble creation. And it's one of the things that he struggles with when he gets in ISO situations. And, and, he, and, he, and he's in, in the past, he started to kind of shy away a little bit and look like he's not, he doesn't really know what to do with the ball. That's why when Harden was on the team, we, we were like, he needs James Harden so he can, you know, work in between the defense when Harden makes the defense move. I think Tyrese Maxi's still learning really how to make the defense move a little bit. You feel me? I love that step back in and out dribble from Maxie that he did a couple of times in this game. And his step back is already lethal. He adds a little bit of a hesitation and keeps the dribble alive. That's lethal too. Uh, so Maxie got it going in the fourth. And Joel comes back in, gets the jump shot falling, uh, you know, and the Sixers go on a 12 to zero run at the end of the fourth. To put it away, you got a Kelly Oubre fall away mid-range when they needed something. The guy's just a, just a creator, man. Kelly Oubre is just a go-get-it guy. He's just a creator. You know what I mean? And he he gets a nice little fall away mid-range. Uh, Tobias Harris, what do I say? He got shredded by... <laughs> he, can't, he can't defend, man. When you really start... When you really start to watch Tobias play defense, like team communicating perimeter defense, it's not good. And anyway, we end the game. Joel gets a nice little turnaround fade on Capella. You know, finish the game the same way you started it, by cooking Clint Capella. And he hits the uh, shimmy fade away to put us up 113 to 109. And then Maxi. Makes a skip past the Melton in the corner. Melton back up to Maxi, top of the key, wide open. Dagger. Maxi dagger at the top of the key. Um, 
and then Maxi gets to 30 points because they started intentionally fouling him, which I didn't really understand necessarily. We were up by 10 points. The game was over, and they were still fouling. But Maxi had, realistically, he had about 27, 26, and they fouled him a couple times intentionally, put him on the free throw line. He's like a 90% free throw shooter. So thank you, Atlanta, for getting Maxi to a 30-piece. And I want to tell you this about Tyrese Maxi also. How many turnovers did he have in a game? How many? Zero. Zero. Tyrese Maxey, 30 points, seven assists, zero turnovers. I just put out a, a screenshot on Instagram this morning, I think it was, because I saw a tweet that said that from Sixers stats or NBA stats or something that said Tyrese Maxey has the most 25, five, and zero games in the NBA this season so far. 25 points, five assists, zero turnovers. He leads the NBA in that stat line. He's literally, statistically, the most efficient NBA point guard in the NBA in the league right now. And he comes out tonight, 37 assists, zero turnovers. So we can say what we want about Tyrese Maxey, where sometimes he looks hesitant, sometimes he looks like he doesn't want to take over, whatever. I know when he dropped 50, everybody wanted him to score 50 points a game. I get it. But we got to give this kid credit for what he's doing as a point guard in the NBA right now. Being thrown in there again with another because of another quitter, Ben quit, Maxi was thrown in there. You know, he, he wasn't known or expected to be a starting point guard, but these guys keep quitting, he keeps getting thrown in there. Harden quits, Maxi gets thrown in there. And he's super efficient. You can't deny it. The most 25-5 and 0 games. He's playing a smart game. He's making smart decisions, and he's not turning over the ball. Polesh in the chat. Did you just try to say Maxi is more efficient than Tyrese Halliburton? I just gave you the stat. Did I say he's playing better than Tyrese Halliburton? Did I say he's a better point guard than Tyrese Halliburton? Absolutely not. Of course not. Tyrese Halliburton's playing out of his mind. 25-5-0 and zero is not as good as 25-12 and one turnover. I'm getting well actually out here. Well, actually, come on, bro. Of course he's not be playing a better po than Tyrese Halliburton. You think I don't watch the NBA? I'm saying we got to give him credit for how efficient he has been as a point guard, being thrown in there, not being expected to be a, a facilitating floor general type of point guard. That's all I'm saying. We got to give Maxi credit for how good he's playing and not turning the ball over. That's all I'm saying. Oh, God. Anyway. What else I want to say, man? There's definitely some other things I want to say before I got well actually in the chat 16 times in a row. Uh, what you guys talking about in the chat, man? Fast out loud. Hallie is an animal, but Maxie is playing at a high level of ball. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Abby LM, don't understand all the Tobias hate. Um, Tobias Harris is just looking like he's not really helping the team right now uh for like what they what they look like they need you know what i'm saying i'm gonna get to the stats in a couple set in a couple in a minute or two 
Uh, I'm going to go over a couple more things that I want to say in a minute or two. Uh, but first, I got to let you know this episode of Run It Back Philly Sixers Post Game Live is brought to you by HelloFresh. Uh, say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered to your door. After a full day of work, there's still so much to do. Some days it feels like eating a wholesome dinner is next to impossible. But with HelloFresh, you can turn busy weeknights into memorable mealtimes with delicious and practical options designed to save you time. I personally like HelloFresh's 15-minute meals because I cook, but I don't like to cook. You know what I'm saying? I got shit to do. I can't be out here grocery shopping all these ingredients, everything in the damn one of the aisles, buying garlic or something like that. Like, I can't do that. HelloFresh, man, the ing- everything gets delivered to my door. I pick all the rest. I pick the stuff I want. They deliver it to my door. I cook it. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash runitbackfree and use code runitbackfree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash runitbackfree with code runitbackfree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Now let's get back to business. Tobias Harris just looks like he doesn't fit anything. He's He's just... He's not helping. He looks like the odd man out. It's all it is. And when you see a guy like Kelly Oubre, who really fills in the blanks, and you see a guy like uh, Nicholas Batum, who really fills in the blanks, and they do the little things well, they're, they're, they're just such good role players. They know their role. They play their role. And it just helps to buy. It just helps uh, 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 Embiid and Maxi so much playing those roles. I just, I don't know what Tobias, Tobias Harris's problem is that there's not a, there's not a thing that he's great at. He's just a guy. And and the the problem has always been, he's a $40 million guy. He's just a guy out there. who's not really doing a whole lot to affect the game positively. And sometimes he affects the game very negatively, like the end of the Boston Celtics game. Uh, He's just a guy and he's being paid too much. That's the Tobias hate. That's that's my take on it. Um, I I'm probably one of the biggest Tobias haters on the planet. I haven't been able to stand watching him play basketball for a long time. I don't like his style. It's boring. It's predictable. It's annoying. He's not quick enough. He doesn't have a move off the dribble in an ISO situation. Uh, he plays the game uh, weak a lot of times he doesn't go hard he, he shies away from contact he misses layups he's six foot eight he doesn't dunk the ball uh in this game in the in the first half he had a, a little bit of a run where he was actually playing physical went into the chest of a defender got a foul call got an and one um dunked the ball a couple times fast break two hands but Tobias Harris also you can tell when he's like reminding himself or somebody else is reminding him, maybe Nick Nurse is reminding him, hey, go play physical, go play strong, go go use your body, go finish, go fight for rebounds. And then he'll do that for two or three games. And then he just kind of reverts back into what he naturally is, which is just not, he doesn't have that dog in him, man. He just doesn't. And it's again, it's not his fault he got paid that money. I wouldn't have said no to that money either. But you signed that contract, expectations came along with that contract, and you have completely missed on those expectations. It is what it is with Tobias Harris. Now, last game when Kelly Oubre came back, he was affecting the game greatly like Kelly Oubre does in all different facets of the game, defense to offense and creating shots on the offensive end and giving you a spark when you need it. 
and he wasn't in the finishing lineup against the Wizards. And I said, I need Kelly Oubre to be in the finishing lineup in these games. He's just too good of a piece. He fits too well to not have him in at the end of the game. And I said, what, what, what is Nurse going to do? What's the answer? Is he actually going to put Tobias Harris on the bench at the end of a game to play Kelly Oubre? I can't imagine that happening. I had the conversation with Romp on Twitter last night. I think I was talking to Romp on there. And he said that's just never going to happen with a guy with that size of a contract. And tonight, Kelly Oubre goes out in the fourth, comes back in with about four minutes left in the game, Batum goes to the bench. At first, I was like, whoa, did he just bench Tobias Harris? Because in the first half, he pulled Tobias out for Ubre. And I was like, did he just bench Tobias Harris? And then I saw Tobias still on the floor. I'm like, oh, okay. I was just, it was just gonna, it was gonna be a big topic. It was gonna be a big, like, holy hell, wake up call type of thing. It didn't happen, though. He put Batum on the bench. He made he did make sure he brought Kelly Ubre back in. And I love that because Kelly Ubre was affecting the game. Uh, you know, in the first half and in the third quarter, and it had the, the some of the nice plays in the fourth quarter, and I thought it was good that Nick Nurse said, "I got, I got to get Ubre, I got to get Ubre on the floor," and I, I love watching Ubre play basketball, man. I just like him. He's just a guy. He's just a, he's just a, he's just a guy that does things, man. He's just that 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 flash in a pan type of player that you can just throw on the floor, plug and play. He's just gonna go. He's just gonna go do things. It doesn't matter who's out there or what. Um, what else did I want to say? Robert Covington, zero minutes, zero minutes for Robert Covington. We got to go. We got to go conspiracy theory here before we get out of here tonight, man, because there's, there's just a, a thing or two that I don't necessarily understand about what's going on. Okay. A thing or two that I don't understand about what's going on. Robert Covington, DNP coach's decision. Jaden Springer, DNP coach's decision. Daniel House Jr., DNP coach's decision. Uh, in a game where the entire first half, you are, it was Maxie, he benched, not Batum. No, Maxie came back in, bro. Maxie was in at the end of the game. He he put Maxi on the bench when Maxi had five fouls. I know what you're talking about, but I'm talking about the last four minutes of the game, the finishing lineup. I mean, Maxi hit the dagger from the top of the key. How could he be on the bench? But I know what you're saying. I remember when he pulled Maxi out and, and brung Ubre in, and that was when Maxi had five fouls, and there was like six minutes left, something like that. But I'm talking about the very the, the finishing lineup. Um but yeah, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in in uh, why Nick Nurse isn't playing Robert Covington. Uh, and he has quite an obsession with Marcus Morris Sr. And Marcus Morris Sr., I'm getting... I don't want to go here because it's extreme. He's definitely better right now than P.J. Tucker. But the vibes that I'm getting... For a coach playing a guy 16 minutes who's just what's he what's he really giving you? You know what I'm saying? Marcus Morris Sr. shot the ball one time in 16 minutes. He did have three rebounds, 
three fouls in 16 minutes, three points. But what I'm saying is in a game, especially in a game like this, even in the Wizards game, you were struggling defensively. I would think Robert Covington would play those 16 minutes. I would think the combination of Robert Covington and Jaden Springer would play those 16 minutes. I'm not really understanding what's going on with the Marcus Morris love from Nick Nurse and the Robert Covington hate. Remember that Celtics game? Remember that game? We weren't supposed to be in that game. Remember that game? Let me tell you the stats from that game that we weren't supposed to be in. We weren't supposed to be in that game. We were playing without Maxi, without Embiid, without everybody. What was that? Last uh, Friday, Boston Celtics, when Pat Bev went off for 26. Robert Covington played 18, played, Robert Covington played 30 minutes in that game. 30. He was four for nine from the field. He had 18 points off the bench. Three for six from the three-point range. Seven for seven from the free throw. He had five rebounds, and he had five steals. Robert Covington against the Boston Celtics last Friday. 18 points off the bench and five steals. And suddenly, he's completely out of the rotation. I'm just not really understanding it. I'm not really understanding it. And I know Jaden Springer had the illness a couple of weeks ago, and then he came back. Uh... But he hasn't seen the floor either. Just interesting to me. And I'm not here to slander Nick Nurse because uh, after going through what we went through with the, with the Doc Rivers stuff, thank God Nick Nurse is here. He is a world's better coach, strategy-wise, implementing actual plays on the floor, getting guys to play hard, keeping holding guys accountable. I love the fact that he calls guys out in, pre, in post games. He doesn't care. He'll call out. Uh, Joel, he'll call out Maxi. He'll say he wasn't aggressive enough. I need him to shoot the ball more. He's he he's called out Tobias Harris. He had a a quote uh, practice today. They interviewed him, and he said like Tobias just needs to continue to be aggressive to get out of the slump that he's in. Uh, we just need to continue to put him in 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 spots to to that he that he thrives in or whatever. I don't know. It's BS. It uh, this at the end of the day, Sixers are better without Tobias Harris on the floor, but they're not going to bench him. They're going to try to trade him. Again, for the fifth year in a row, they're going to try to trade him. But I'm not trying to slander Nick Nurse. I just I don't understand the love affair with Marcus Morris. That's all. That's that's all. Uh, Joel Embiid twisted his knee in this game, trying to drive on Clint Capella in the uh, third quarter or beginning of the fourth, and it was a scary one. He, he did this a couple of games ago where, you know, he went down on the floor and was holding his knee. This one looked weird. Uh, he... he you know, his knee went inside out and he was laying there holding his knee and we were like, oh my God. Like, it's one of those things that you see it happen and you're like, I knew this was going to happen. Does anybody else feel like that? I shouldn't feel like that. But I, when Joel goes down and holds his knee, I'm like, there it is. You know, just kind of waiting for it to happen. Uh, but anyway, he <laughs> he goes down, holds his knee, and he stays in the game, tells everyone he's okay. He's got the elastic band on the sideline. They're testing out the knee, make sure it has range of motion and everything. And he he stays in there and, you know, hits a little 
double shimmy fade away over Capella to put us up 113 to 109, and then Maxi hits the dagger. So you fought. You didn't play great a lot of the game, but your two stars, Tyrese Maxi and Joel Embiid, delivered down the stretch. You get 37 from Embiid. You get or 38, 37 from Embiid. 38 from Embiid, you get 30 from Maxi, uh, And th- those are the two stars of the team. And that's how this team is going to run. And you need role players around those two stars to carry you to victory. And that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Tobias was playing hard this game. He had eight rebounds in the game. Anytime you see Tobias with more than two rebounds, you know he was telling himself to be aggressive. Um, the Anthony Melton, 15 points. Melton had some good spurts, uh, hit some shots, was... was Going hard defensively. Uh, got beat a lot of times, but D-Melt is D-Melt. I don't know. It's, it's. I think that's one of those things when you look at the starting lineup and you look at D'Anthony Melton, you know? Maybe that's the biggest, like, need on this team. Because I, I like what D'Anthony Melton does a lot, but I, I just don't think he's a NBA championship level starting shooting guard. You know what I'm saying? He's a really nice player. But if you could get an upgrade in, as a starting shooting guard, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. I just... Does anybody else feel like that about the Anthony Melton? Am I, should I not feel like that? Like, I just feel like he's a, a a bench guy. Just feel like he's a bench guy, you know? So there's kind of a... There's kind of a space there in the shooting guard position, I feel like. I feel like it need, the starting shooting guard needs to be Somebody with a little more size, probably, uh, than D'Anthony Melton. NZ said Brogdon on the way. Springer should start over Melton. Oh, let's let's take baby steps here. Fast out loud, the guys. Springer's not even getting a minute. He's not even getting on the floor. How could you? How could he start? <laughs> uh, and and Springer's raw. Springer's raw offensively, man. Springer's raw offensively. Patrick Beverly had five points in the game. He was two for six. He was 0 for three from three. Uh, you know, kind of ever since that Boston game, and I made a joke about it a couple times, but um, yeah, Melton just just a little little too undersized to be like a, you know, a, a starting uh, shooting guard. You know what I'm saying? You got to get somebody in there that's like a, you know, a six five six six type of player. That'd be nice. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is, but I love D-Melt. I was, I, I've loved D-Melt ever since he got here. Mr. Do something, you know? Um, <clears throat> and now, really, Kelly Oubre is my new Mr. Do something, by the way. He just does things when he comes in the game. But I guess Melton does, too. I just kind of have gotten used to it. Before they traded for D'Anthony Melton last year, we, we had no Mr. Do somethings. Remember that? That's why we were so excited for him, because we're like, wow, there's a basketball player on the floor. Somebody that can dribble, pass, and shoot, play defense, just does things. Um, Patrick Beverly kind of ever since that Boston game, he dropped 26, you know, he's been feeling himself a little bit. And I made a joke about it a couple times, uh, on the stream that, uh, Patrick Beverly is kind of taking some, sh- some ill-advised threes, you know, I think he needs to, he needs to slow down sometimes a little bit and, and, and take a step back. You know, there was a, there was one that he took that was not an open shot, uh, when Maxie was kind of calling for the ball back and I'm like, all right, Pat. All right, Pat, you had a career game against the Boston Celtics. You're not a sniper. Okay, let's calm down, get back to playing your role, which is hustle, be scrappy, 
be that dog guy, but damn, give the ball back to Maxie, damn it. <laughs> but I love Patrick Beverly, man. What's not to love about him? Uh, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba came in the game uh, because Paul Reed was just very bad in the first half. Uh, and I guess Mo Bamba didn't completely kill you. He was... I guess that's what I'll say. Like, it's not like he stood out or did anything. I don't think he scored. No, he had zero points, uh, three rebounds. He only played five minutes. Who the hell played all the center backups? Well, I guess there was only five backup center minutes in the second half. Joel played. I don't know. It's hard to tell. I guess they were rotating Morris in there in certain lineups. Uh, but Bamba came in and he didn't kill you. Because I've seen Mo Bamba come in a game and give up layup drills. Like, he can't defend the rim whatsoever, you know? So, Bamba uh, didn't have a horrendous performance when he came in. I guess I'll say that. Uh, I would love to see Nick Nurse be able to get something out of Mo Bamba, but, you know, who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, there's definitely some some spots on this roster that could be upgraded, and the trade deadline is February 8th. We will see what happens. But I... I uh you know they pulled out the win man um not real happy with what they looked like the first half and uh the second quarter was atrocious there's two games in a row now you know this wasn't the Washington Wizards Atlanta's got some talent and again I can argue that they might be better without Trey Young the ball moves more and some of these players uh you know s start to be able to show what they can do who's a d player off the damn deep bench Trent Forrest Trent Forrest had a, a part of this game uh, where he got an offensive rebound and a putback and a, a drive and a tough finish. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? So Atlanta, you know, Sadiq Bay had 16, Clint Capella 15 and, and 16 rebounds. Bogdanovich had 20, Murray had 20, DeAndre Hunter had 24. A lot of contributions from everybody around, around Atlanta, uh, Atlanta's roster when you don't have Trey Young out there you know, running a pick and roll every play and either shooting a 40-foot three or or throwing an alley-oop. I say Atlanta trade Trey Young. I mean, you're 9-12. and 12. Why not? You're not going anywhere. <laughs> but how much trade value does he have at this point? You know who you should trade him to, Atlanta? You should trade him to the Knicks. That won't happen. Um, That won't happen. That's a joke. That's a joke. Uh, what else I got to say? Nothing really, man. I'll sit back and read the chat. I'll read your guys' comments, and then and then we'll get out of here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. 235 people in here. Everybody, please do me a favor. Close out the chat and hit the like button one time. Let me get 235 likes. And let's read the chat, man. Hit me with your takes. Hit me with your hot takes. Hit me with your comments. Hit me with your uh, questions. Whatever you want to do, man. Whatever you want to do. Let's do it. Let me get my, my back on the screen here. Uh, what we got? What we got? What we got? What we got? Phil W., I do want Pat to stay aggressive, especially Tobias going to play like a kid. I I don't think, I mean, Pat Bev chucking threes doesn't really help you anymore, I don't think, than Tobias playing, uh, you know, like he's been playing. I, <laughs> I, uh, Abby is a Tobias Harris fan. Um, I'm a fan of Tobias, so much so I even sent a message to his father on LinkedIn saying so. 
Philly fans are way too hard on him. Well, bless your damn heart, Abby. All right, you, you little cutie. I'm not going to respond to that. Thanks for being here. You can, you can just be that sweet little adorable Tobias Harris fan. All you want, Abby. We're going to let you live. That's what we're going to do. Did his father reply to you? Did he call him an assassin scorer? <laughs> oh, man. James, James, we need a bigger guard, a passing big. Alec Burke would be good. Um, Shy and Murray would be great if it was realistic. Well, I mean, you know, LeBron James in his prime would be great. Michael Jordan would be amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tobias Harris is a good guy, but he just isn't what Philly needs at the moment. Yeah, that's all I'm trying. That's all I'm trying to say. That's really all I'm trying to say, and that's been that way for Tobias for a long time. It's unfortunate that you know you signed him to that contract, you tried to trade him every single year. Once you realized he was wasn't just not a great fit next to Embiid with his style of play. That's that's the nicest way to put it. He's not a, a, a good fit next to Embiid with his style of play. That's just, you know, I don't know. Uh, Trey, I'm nervous about Embiid's knee, honestly. I don't think I would worry about it, honestly. It looked like he twisted it a little bit. If it's, I mean, if it's sore, he's not going to play. That's for sure. Um, I was a little bit shocked that he came back in the game and continued to play. I think, you know, when Nick Nurse was hired and they asked him about Embiid and the load management and stuff, he was like, he was like, uh, I'm going to play him more. And we were like, what? I remember that in the middle of the summer. He's like, yeah, I want him to play more games. And we were like, who is this guy? And what's he trying to do to our team? But that's Nick Nurse's philosophy, really. He's like, if you're not hurt, you're playing. And if you get hurt, you get hurt. He's really a live and die kind of coach, man. He's really uh, what can you do? You can't be overly cautious and sit guys out because they might get hurt, and then you lose games because they're sitting. You know, you just got to play the game. If you get hurt, you get hurt. And again, we load managed Joel his whole career, and he got hurt anyway. So I respect what Nick Nurse is doing because you load managed him his whole career. He still got hurt. What can you do? You just got to play. Uh, and he comes back in, and uh, you know, has the damn fadeaway dagger. So his knee looked okay there. Now, if he wakes up and it's sore, then yeah, he could miss a couple games. And the Sixers, the last two games, we relied on Joel Embiid a lot. We've been relying on Joel Embiid a lot his whole career. Uh, the last two games, especially, you know, the Wizards game without Joel dropping 50, we lose to the Washington Wizards. This game without Joel Embiid dropping 38, we lose to the Atlanta Hawks. For the and it could just be speaking of how good Joel Embiid is, right? But for the what? How long has he been healthy in the NBA? Six years? He missed his first two. He's 30. Came into the league at 20, 22. Has he been playing for eight seasons? Either way, every single season of Joel Embiid's career, the team is really bad when he doesn't play. It's just the way it is. People say we need a a better backup center for when Joel Embiid doesn't play. I got news for you. When Joel Embiid doesn't play, you're not going to win. You're not winning a playoff series without Joel Embiid. You're not winning anything without Joel Embiid. The Bucks are not winning anything when Giannis doesn't play. 
The Celtics aren't winning without Tatum. Maybe they could because Derek White's the best player of all time. Uh, if the Denver Nuggets get into a playoff series and they're without Jokic, a backup center's not saving them. It's just the way it is. It's your best player. You're not going to win without him. So if you see, we're not good without him. Like we, that's the thing about it. We're not even like kind of good without him. We played up against the Boston Celtics. I don't expect that to happen all the time. I don't expect that to happen all the time. I just, you know, the, the Sixers in Joel Embiid's whole career have been like, when he doesn't play, we could basically lose to anybody. We had some runs last year under Doc Rivers that we looked okay without him. I like when we play good without him because then all those Facebook people start going crazy saying we're better without Joel Embiid and we need to trade him. That always makes me laugh. That always makes me laugh. Prometheus. Levine's trade value is the lowest right now with his injury. We got a trade Tobias Springer and a first for Levine and Drummond. Oh, man. All right, Prometheus, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about it. Uh, Zach Levine is an all-star shooting guard who has never elevated a team ever. I had a video saying, basically, if if the Sixers were going to trade Zach Levine, this is the trade package that I think would work. But the more I've seen of Zach Levine this season, the less and less I want to pay him $50 million a year for the next four years. You see what I'm saying? There's only how many years left in Joel Embiid's prime. There's a max. Once you pay Maxi and you get rid of Tobias or assign him to a lesser contract, whatever it, whatever it is, it's not going to be a max. We know that. He's not even a mid-level player right now. There's a max slot open for the Sixers. You got Embiid maxed out. You got Maxi maxed out. There's a max slot open, right? And that max slot is for the next four or five years. And that's probably the rest of Joel Embiid's prime. So that player that you put in that max slot, you have to be damn sure that that player is going to get you to the next level because that's the player you're putting at the three spot for the rest of Joel Embiid's prime. Zach Levine, he can score when he's hot. When he's cold, woo! Last week, Zach Levine had a game where he scored two points in 27 minutes. It's the contract that you just can't do. You can't do it. The reason Zach Levine's trade value is as low as it is right now is because nobody in the NBA wants to be locked in to Zach Levine at $50 million a year for the next four years. Nobody. It's not even like he's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, He's a tier below that. You're not getting a superstar. This is a Jalen Brown contract. Oh, did Eastwood just say that? Because guess what? A year or two from now, guess who's going to be trying to trade that Jalen Brown contract? The Boston Celtics. And guess who's going to want it? Nobody. That's my take on Zach Levine. Man. I just think it's it's much too risky. It's much too risky to sign to to take on that long term contract and nobody wants him. And he and he signed it because who's not going to sign that, right? And now 
he's probably praying to get out of Chicago because he wants to be a damn, he wants to play for a contender, right? Him signing that contract has now worked against him because nobody else in the league wants to take on the contract. So he's making a shit ton of money, living a great life, but at the same time, he can't get out of Chicago because of the money that he's making. <laughs> Maybe he gives back half of his contract. Hey, listen, I'll take half. I'll pay you guys back half of the money. I'll pay you half of the money to trade me. I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Restitution. I think Tyus believes he's a starter and would rather play on bad teams for bigger bucks, but he still re hasn't really earned that. Melton is a perfect backup guard for this team. I like Tyus Jones, man. You think Tyus likes playing for the Wizards? Oh. I don't think anybody likes playing for the Wizards. I don't even think Jordan Poole likes playing for the Wizards. Uh, I would like Tyus Jones, I think. OG Ananobi Lalamas, we've been talking about him for a while. Yeah. He's a perfect, in my opinion, just the perfect player for this team. Big body defender who, when he gets the ball in his hands, can shoot a three can create off the dribble, can get all the way to the rim. He's a really big, strong, complete NBA player, OG Ananobi is. OG Ananobi is like Matisse Thibel if he knew how to play basketball. That's what OG Ananobi is. I would love OG Ananobi, but he's on an expiring contract right now. Uh, Toronto's GM is just known to hold on to players too long. He literally refused to trade Kyle Lowry when his value was the highest because he said he they owe it to Kyle Lowry or something like that. Then the next year, they did a sign-in trade and got basically nothing for him. He's probably going to do the same thing with OG Ananobi. But somebody's going to pay him a lot of money. You know, if 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 you're not getting OG for $20 million a year. Fred Van Vliet just got $40 million in Houston. You know, o OG's going to get a max. And I think OG's that perfect number. What do you want out of your number three? You know what I'm saying? You want like a, dare I say, Mikel Bridges. Oh, I just got a sharp pain in my stomach because we drafted him. You want to, you want to, you know, you want your two stars to be the score, the carry, the scoring load. And the third guy, you would love to be a big time defensive guy that just fills in all the blanks and plays the game in the margins and OG Ananobi would be perfect. That's what I think. Uh, what else we got? Sharon cook. What's up? Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. I see you all the time in the comments showing love to Tyrese Maxey. You're awesome. Sharon. I always get a smile when I see your comments on the YouTube video. So thank you. And thank you for coming through the live stream. Sharon says what she says on all the comments. Sixers, please give the ball to Maxi more often. <laughs> the Tyrese Maxi love is real. What's not to love about the kid? What's not to love about him? Look at that smile. He's a great kid. I feel like Tyrese Maxi goes home after NBA games and drinks a Capri Sun and watches SpongeBob. That's how I feel about Tyrese. He just looks like he's sipping on a juice box. He looks like his mom still drives him to, to the arena. His mom drives him to work and he drinks a juice box. That's how I feel about Tyrese Maxey, man. Maybe that's just me getting older. 
and feeling like everybody's a child. But <laughs> I love Tyrese Maxey, man. Uh, what else you guys got in the chat, man? Hit me with something. Hit me with questions. Hit me with concerns. Hit me with something. Let's do Q&A for about 10 minutes, and then I'm out of here, man. Uh, adding Tyus Jones off the bench also keeps your cap space open for next year. Yeah, that's another thing is to be, you know, Joel plays such a finesse game that he can, if he stays healthy, he can probably play a lot longer than everybody expects. He can probably be in his prime a lot longer than everybody expects because he doesn't play an above-the-rim style of game. You know, he has a fucking sweet, beautiful jump shot for a seven-footer. I will argue the prettiest jump shot a center has ever had in the game. Uh, and so even when Joel starts to slow down, if he stays healthy and he's like mid-30s, you know what I mean? Even when he starts to slow down, he's still going to be really, really good. Um. So, yeah, you want to keep cap space open for next year because next year, Joel Embiid's still going to be an MVP candidate and the year after that and the year after that. My camera decides it's time to go, but it's not time to go yet. We're not leaving yet, camera. Joke's on you, man. Joke's on you, but I do got to open this to make sure it stays on. Hold on a second. Uh, 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 there we go. Uh, what are the chances... Tyrese makes an all-star team. Oh, he has to, doesn't he? Doesn't he? A 37 and 0 turnovers game has the most 25-5 and 0 games in the NBA so far. That's 25 points, 5 assists and 0 turnovers, which means he's playing very efficiently even though I got well actually in the chat earlier for saying he's the most efficient point guard in the NBA. I'm talking about straight efficiency. Let's talk about what the word efficiency means. Guy came at me and said, how dare you say he's more efficient than Tyrese Halliburton? A 28-12 and one turnover game is better. But it's not as efficient because he got a turnover. Yeah, it's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretched out stat to say something nice. I'll give you that. But he's playing very, very efficient, efficient basketball, man. I would love, I just, yeah, I think he should be an all-star. I think he should be. I think he outdid himself. I think he outdid himself a little bit when he dropped that 50 piece. I think the expectations for him to drop another 50 all the time is just too high. He's still he's still giving the ball to Joel Embiid the entire game. And that's what you're supposed to do when you have Joel Embiid on your team. Joel Embiid's a superstar. Joel Embiid is, I mean, he is the highest point per minute in NBA history. Joel Embiid right now is scoring just at a ridiculous rate just like he did last year, right around this time, and the year before, right around this time. So Tyrese Maxey still, you know, plays number two, man. It is what it is. Hey, Eastwood, how do you feel about Clarkson and marketing? Whoo, man. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I don't think it's possible, number one. I just feel like Jordan Clarkson always gets re-signed for a lot of money. He's a great, you know... Six man of the year candidate all the time. Laurie Markinen is incredible. And Laurie Markinen would be an unbelievable fit on the Sixers team. He would be an unbelievable fit. If you, I don't think it's possible, but if if Daryl Morey somehow pulled off Jordan Clarkson and Laurie Markinen, yeah. We're title contenders, bro. Get out of here. Get out of here with this. Nobody, if that would happen, nobody even talked to me. Don't even talk. If that happens, don't even talk to me. We're title contenders. 
I already think the Bucks are beatable. I think the Celtics are beatable. You're telling me I get Jordan Clarkson and Laurie Markinen next to Embiid and Maxi? Don't talk to me. We're we're winning the whole damn thing. That's a little. I think that's a little bit unrealistic, especially with the Jazz. Re, you know, c- continuing to like rebuild, right? Why would they? Why would they trade Laurie Markinen? What's his contract looking like? I said this to RB the other night too. It's funny that Laura, nobody knew how good Laura. Well, we knew how good Laurie Markin was supposed to be coming out of college, and then he went to the Chicago Bulls, and then he left the Chicago Bulls and was like, "Oh, look, Laurie Markin is as good as everyone thought he was going to be." He just had to get away from the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> all NBA, not All Star. DJ needs a producer. It's the dummy battery in my camera. It's it. I don't know. After a certain amount of time, it just dies, and then I have to turn it off and turn it back on. <laughs> it's a cheap dummy battery I bought off of Amazon. I've been meaning to buy a better one, but I just never do it. I've just been dealing with it. Okay, uh, what else we got, man? What team will Tobias Harris play for next season? The Shanghai Sharks! <laughs> Shout out to China. No, I don't know, man. Probably the Detroit Pistons. Go back to where it all started and, uh, you know, end your career there in good old Detroit city that, I don't know what they call it. I was going to say city that never sleeps, but that's not what they call it. That's Vegas. I don't know what they call Detroit. Uh, Eastwood, are we good enough to go all the way this year? I hope Embiid looked at what Giannis did and Jokic. He needs to go off during playoffs and not play soft. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. This is the year. This is the this is the last year was was a thing, but it was still the James Harden thing, and it was like Harden, oh, it looks good. And then it's like, oh my god, Harden looks like a fat, slow, forty-seven thousand year old person. This year it's like you got Maxi and Bede. Both of you guys are cooking. You got this two-man game going. There's no excuse now of having a hardened ball hog or whatever the excuse was. Joel's the clear-cut leader of the team right now. The most dominant scorer in the NBA. This is the prove-it year. People were over it last year. There's a lot of people that aren't watching the Sixers right now because they said, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching the same thing. They're going to get bounced in the second round. This is a big-time prove-it year. Absolutely, for Joel Embiid. If he doesn't look, and he looked horrible in those closeout games last year against the Boston Celtics. I mean, he looked shook. He was getting defended by Malcolm Brogdon in the damn post. I was sick to my stomach that this guy was passing the ball with a point guard on him. Yeah, if he shows up in the playoffs and plays soft like he did, then, then you know, everyone's going to be over it. This is the prove-it year for Joel Embiid. He has to come into the playoffs and play physical and play hard and give it 110%. But guess what? He actually has a coach right now that has implemented a system that is making Joel's life so easy. There's movement. There's screens. There's cuts. There's a point guard. Joel's floating around the mid-range, making quick decisions. Not a whole lot of ISO, not a whole lot of Joel, here's the ball, go figure it out, which leads to a ton of turnovers and less assists. That's why he's having more assists this year and less turnovers. 
I think you're going to see a very different Joel Embiid in the playoffs this season. One, because it's prove-it time. And two, because Nick Nurse. That's what I think. And yes, yeah, we can win the whole thing this year. We can win the whole thing this year. They need they need to make something happen at the trade deadline. Depends what happens at the trade deadline. There's a lot of things I don't necessarily love about the roster right now. It's not perfect. If something good happens at the trade deadline, I think the answer is yes, man. I think the answer is yes. Detroit is Motor City. There you go. Used to be the world's leading manufacturer of cars. I don't think it is anymore, but still call it Motor City. Um, what else we got, man? Uh, GG, what's going on? Longtime subscriber of the channel. Shout out to you. Last playoff in the second, and B was out of shape because he didn't play for 11 days. Then Doc Rivers cut the rotation down and increased his time. Um, I don't know, GG, man. That sounds like kind of an excuse to me, doesn't it? If Joel doesn't play for 11 days, should he get... All right, look. Can you get out of shape in 11 days? These are multi, these are $100 million NBA players. Even if Joel's not playing a game, should not he be waking up in the morning, walking down the hall of his $5 million high-rise condo and getting on an exercise bike? <laughs> like, what was, he, what was he doing for 11 days, bro? I know Joel's not a James Harden. It's not like he was in the nightclub drinking liquor until 5 in the morning like that idiot. James Harden can get out of shape in 11 days, boy. He can do that. You give you give Harden 11 days, man. He's with Bun B eating cheeseburgers, drinking Crystal champagne in a damn strip club until 7 a.m. <laughs> I understand basketball shape is different than staying active but I can't blame what Joel looked like in the playoffs on Doc Rivers. As much as I want to blame everything negative in the world on Doc Rivers, I can't blame that on Doc Rivers. Joel was playing scared in the playoffs last year. Being out of shape doesn't mean you pass the ball with Malcolm Brogdon guarding you. You know what I mean? Anyway, I think that's all I got. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been fun. I got a lot of caffeine in my system. It's almost 11 a.m. and I'm still amped up and screaming and shit. Uh, Abby, again, thanks for coming through and hanging out. I love everyone that comes through and watches and listens. And, uh, you know, even if we don't love Tobias as much as you do, thanks for being here. Nick Nurse coaches every game like it's a game seven. You get one more mid to high player and you guys will go all the way. He did it with the reps, but less of a bench. Shout out to that. Shout out to that. Um, yeah, I'm out of here, man. You guys are awesome. Hit the like button. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on playback for the next uh, next Sixers game. Uh, 11 a.m. What's that? King of Spades. That's the that's the that's the bottle that Harden drinks till 5 a.m. Oh, it's 11 p.m. Damn, dude. Ended the show with a well, actually, man. Well, actually, it's 11 p.m.
<laughs> I'm going to break out the well actually glasses on you guys, man. Uh, yeah, it's 11 p.m. It's not 11 a.m. <laughs> I think I'm going to go have myself a brewski, man. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I need a little bit of a wind down. It's kind of cold out, though. I don't really want to drive. I don't want to go outside. Damn. The dilemma. The dilemma. Do I go over to Permani Bros for a beer? Yeah, sure. Why not? Sixers won. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys soon. I'm out.